Welcome to the Gifts for Glory podcast, where we celebrate and promote men and women using their gifts for God's glory. Know someone who is making an impact for God's kingdom using their gifts, talents, and passions? We'd love to meet them. Send us an email at podcast at giftsforglory.com. That's podcast at gifts, the number four, glory.com. And now here is our host, Dave Ebert. Hello, friends and neighbors, and welcome to the latest edition of the Gifts of Glory podcast. We're really excited to have you here as we continue to celebrate National Humor Month. And a huge thank you to our Patreon supporter of the month, Dr. Felicity Joy, host of Simply Felicity Media and Black Conservative Female. Uh, you can check out her shows, uh, which are on the uh, Creative Motion Network on Roku. Uh, you can also find her on uh, Facebook uh, at uh, Make Felicity Your LC or at Black Conservative Female. Uh, find her on uh, Facebook and um uh, you know, connect with her and her awesome shows, which are on the Creative Motion Network. So we thank you to Felicity for being our uh, patron of the month. If you're interested in uh, supporting what we're doing, we'd love to have you come alongside us and uh, be a, a patron. Uh, find us at patreon.com slash gifts for glory. And uh, we just uh, love uh, any support that you'd be interested in sharing with us. And let's now jump into our Devotions with Dave segment uh, here. Uh, we're actually going to go very much to the very beginning, uh, which is Genesis 1, the very beginning of the Bible. We're going to uh, go uh, to uh, Genesis 1.1. Uh, everyone knows it. Uh, we'll read from the NLT. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And uh, the, it's so important. And it is inspired a little bit by this week's release of episode one of season two of The Chosen uh, I won't spoil why that's important, but I think that if you uh, watch the show, you understand. Um, it's it's the beginning. It's the beginning of all things. And for me, this verse and this passage where we're talking about God created everything, he did it by speaking. And I always look to that as something that teaches us, since we are made in his image, verse 27 says, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So he created us in his image. God created us in his image, and he speaks an entire universe into existence. So in our much more finite ability, we have a lot of power in our words. So I just want to encourage you to realize that there is power in your words. There's power to tear down or there's power to build up. But if God can create an entire universe just by speaking, we on a much smaller level can create so much good good in the world by speaking because he gave us that ability because we're made in his image. So that is our devotions with Dave segment Genesis 1.1. I uh, hope that speaks to you. Uh, now let's get to our guest. Our guest, uh, he is a, a comedian. Uh, you might have seen him uh, down with our good friends at Gutty's Comedy Club. Uh, we're continuing National Humor Month. So uh, let's uh, get started with a clip of our guest, Kyle Yamada, performing uh, at uh, Gutty's Comedy Club uh, last year. So here's the clip. I hope you enjoy it. But I've got to admit, it was a little weird growing up in South Dakota being half Japanese. Because you know, there's no other Asians there. You know, it's like one lady the other day said, well, Kyle, did you grow up in an Asian community? I'm like, I grew up in South Dakota. <laughs> My dad is the Asian community. <laughs> the 
But she said, well, if you're Japanese, you must love to eat sushi. Listen, you order sushi in South Dakota, they bring you a rainbow trout with rice aroni. <laughs> with a side of ranch dressing. Here you go, sir. But it's interesting. Unfortunately, my, my parents um, have passed away. But my dad was Japanese, and my mom was, among other things, Irish. And that's kind of a weird combination, isn't it? Japanese and Irish. So basically, all that means is that I used to get really, really drunk and then take a lot of pictures. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also eat corned beef and cabbage with chopsticks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> the one I, I like to, that I get a lot is when people come up to me and they say, well, Kyle, if you're Japanese, you must know karate. What? And they say this to me like just because of the fact that I'm half Asian that I popped out of the womb a second-degree black belt, you know? <laughs> you know, like my mom was in the delivery room and I was like, Mrs. Shimano, we can see the head. Push, push. <laughs> what is this? Umbilical cord? <laughs> Doctor, you better not slap me again. <laughs> It's a ninja. <laughs> so I'm married. I've got to have a wife. I have two kids, um, and we really try to do things as a family. Um, and one of the things that we really love doing is going to Japanese hibachi steakhouses. You guys know the ones, right? That 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 the chef cooks right in front of you and puts on a show, right? You know, it's like. <laughs> You like egg roll? Egg roll! Japanese egg roll! <laughs> ding, 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 Rice, rice, baby! Ding, 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 ding. Right? <laughs> it's all cheesy but fun at the same time, right? I love it. When I go to one of these things, I get so excited. I'm like... <laughs> Kids are looking at me like, Mom, can we go? Well, listen, when I go to a Japanese steakhouse, I want a Japanese chef. You know, I want the authentic thing, you know? So when I go to a Japanese steakhouse, I want my chef to be named Kasuki Yamasaki from Osaka, Japan. Last time we went, we got Paco Ramirez from Fresno. <laughs> He comes out, hey, how'd you doing? <laughs> and I even called him on it. I'm like, dude, are you even Japanese? He looks right at me and he goes, see. Si. <laughs> <laughs> hey, John, this is a secret. Let's come and put an estimation for the board. 
even more weird was he told us the specials while he was beatboxing. <laughs> you know, he was like, spicy tuna roll. Yaki soba. Two for one tonight. I'm like, what's going on? Tokyo, Casamonia, or the Boom Boom Dance Club. <laughs>
uh, elementary school principal, um, you know, and it, I mean, it would, this would be my second year not, and I was doing comedy, you know, part-time. And then uh, I eventually, you know, made the decision uh, to come out here to Minneapolis and um, just be number one, it's a, it's a bigger city. Um, and as, as far as the travel goes, it's so much easier to get out of, um, you know, Minneapolis than it is from South Dakota. And uh, uh, so as far as um, what was the question again, Dave? <laughs> uh how did you how'd you make it through uh the last oh, year yeah. without performing and in those kind of things and you know the interesting part about that is i'm i was actually very blessed and i actually worked quite a bit during covid considering you know i it was nothing like it was you know before but um uh, i i did get to uh to perform i did get you know i went down south a couple times um you know florida was a lot more open than as you know you i know you just got back from florida it's mm -hmm. a lot more open than i think everybody um but you know it's one of those things that uh you know god god, god provides and he let he you know there's a plan and yeah. i you know i i'd like to think i made the most of uh the whole covid thing and you know writing and um doing a lot of uh it, it was a much needed, uh, you know, where my wife and I, my wife is my, is my manager. And so she, uh, you know, we got to sit down and, and look at things and, and kind of plan and do things um, business wise that we probably wouldn't have been able to if we, if we just went on uh, life as usual. Right. Um, you, you said your wife is your manager. So is, is she stepped back from education as well, or is she still working? Nope. She, she stepped back and that's what that we're kind of devoted to this thing. And she, she does all my um, accounting bookings. Um, she does, she does all the hard stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so uh, you guys are, are in uh, the Midwest and uh, you moved there uh, about two years ago, year and a half. Um, I was trying to get back to the question I forgotten about. So let me ask that question. Um, you uh, did a, a dry bar in November. Um, can you tell us uh, about that? And uh, I, I know that you don't know when it's coming out, but uh, tell us how that experience was. Uh, yeah, the dry, dry bar experience was awesome. I mean, it was, you know, I, I'm a big fan of dry bar. You know, I watch a lot of dry bar. And, you know, when I'm supposed to be in my office writing, I, I find myself watching a lot of dry bar comedy. And, um, you know, as 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 you know, you know, dry bar is – uh, is all clean comedy, um, which I really appreciate. Um, and, uh, you know, I went out there, which they shoot, they shoot the, uh, the specials in Provo, Utah, and which is beautiful. It's, it's beautiful there. And, uh, so I went out there and, um, they, they treat the comedians, uh, first class. I mean, they're, they are a first class act. And, um, you know, when I shot it, uh, I was I was given the option. They uh, they said that you know you can wait until we understand if you don't want you don't want to um, tape during COVID, but you don't know when opportunities come up. So I took it, and uh, you know, they, at the time they were only letting uh, fifty audience members in, and uh, it was a little, that was a little concerning because you know that can affect the energy of a show. Um, you know, when they usually pack in, uh, I don't know. I'm going to guess three hundred. Uh, people to a normal dry bar taping, but um, it went really well. Um, 
you know, I think uh, you do two shows. Uh, you know, I thought both shows went really well. Um, after I got off stage the first time, I was I was just uh, I was really happy with it, and I just went out the second uh, second show and just had a great time, and it ended up to be, uh, in my opinion, better. So um, it it was a it was a great experience. The people that I met there they were they were awesome. Um, you know, and I'm just grateful to have that opportunity um, to to have a, to shoot a dry bar special. It was, it was so much fun. Where, where you're doing two shows, do they kind of piece them together to create one solid performance, like one solid you know audience reaction, or was one kind of like the dress rehearsal and then one is the actual shoot? So they film both both of the shows and they will piece them together. And it's and it's interesting because they ask for the comedians' feedback. Um, after the shows is what what was your favorite set is there anything you'd like to omit from this first set or second set um you know what and and so the, the i i that was i was kind of taken back and but it was um it was really neat that they take the input from the comics and um you know give give us some say into maybe what they'll edit um but you know obviously they're the last <laughs> they're the last word but yeah that's right. kind of how that works did you have a uh, did they let you name the the show or the, is that something that they do when they put the final product together no when you know when you're done you're done you know yeah. and so you don't. yeah we don't uh, well and, and i don't know in previous seasons at, at least i didn't i didn't get the option to i should say that <laughs> okay how hard was that to work in front of a, a larger space that only had 50 people who were uh socially distant was that a harder room to work or did you find a way to make it work you know, it was it was it was interesting because I like I said before, it's a little bit of a concern because only fifty people in which usually they put in I'm again I'm gonna guess about three hundred or so. And the space itself is not is not very big. I mean, if you watch dry bar comedy, you know, you would think it's a lot bigger and it's just like a lot of things on TV. Mm -hmm. Um, but um, you know, they had they did a really good job of spacing and even with the cameras making it look fuller. And um but the the acoustics in in the in the studio were outstanding, and um, you know I couldn't have asked for anything more as far as crowd reaction. Um, I was I actually opened the show. There's three comics who shoot their specials, and I was the first one in both shows. And uh, you know I've I've been an opener and a feature, you know before, and it's you know it's sometimes it takes some time to warm up a crowd, but uh, that that that, cr that cr crowd was hot. I mean, it, it, they were really, they were a lot of fun. Awesome. Now you, you do stand up and then uh, you also do uh, speaking. Uh, what are some of the things that you focus on as a uh, speaker? You know, I, I, I don't do a whole lot of speaking. Uh, um, I'm just starting to kind of venture into that. Okay. Um, and um, I have been booked uh, actually right before COVID, you know, I, I, you know, like a lot of comics, I lost a lot of work through COVID um, uh, several of them being um a Christian singles event. Um, mm -hmm. I was doing a couple marriage uh, marriage retreats, um, and you know I loved I love to do those. Uh, and so I, I do I speak about um, you know because I as we'll talk about uh, I'm assuming in later in the show. Mm -hmm. You know I've you know I've uh, just like everybody else I've had some real ups real downs and um, you know I share a lot of that and how much. Uh, you know, my faith in the Lord, um, has, has, has gotten me through everything. And, um, 
and uh, so I, I talk I talk a lot about uh, about my relationship um, with the Lord and how it was good, how it wasn't good, uh, how I'm you know how I'm I'm really striving um, to to build a the, the best relationship with God I can. Um, and uh, and then I also talk a lot about marriage stuff because I, I do believe that marriage is a gift from God, and you know we have so many. Um, I, I believe that the enemy is is because it's such a gift from God. Um, the enemy uh, hates that, yeah. and he's doing everything he can to uh, break up marriages, um, to drive a wedge in between uh, spouses and our relationship with God. And so I I feel led to uh, to speak to to married couples too, and not, you know not that I'm the guru of marriage because I'm certainly not, um, but um, you know I, I I've learned that you know I can learn a lot from other couples, um, people who have been married for a short time, people who've been married for a long time. So um, so that's something I really enjoy. Yeah. And you're, you're so spot on. I, I believe that, that Satan is truly trying to tear apart as many marriages as possible because not only is a broken marriage affecting the husband and wife, but there are uh, many times there are kids involved and now their lives are impacted in, right. and all, you know, all those that are in that family, now they can't do ministry because their primary ministry at home is eroded and the foundation for outside ministry outside the home is now weakened. So if he can take out the marriage and attack a family, he's taken out a group of people with one fell swoop. And uh, I've seen it, you you see it in the church a lot that there's a lot of marriages that, that fall apart. And then suddenly you see it impact impact the kids. It impacts Mm -hmm. the entire church. So Marriage is a gift, and it's also a primary target, which is kind of true of all gifts from God, that it, it's a major target for the enemy to come after. Right. And one thing that I've, you know, I've learned in the last few years is that, um, you know, I've learned that, you know, your, your spouse is not your is not the enemy. And I think a lot of times when things don't go the way you, you think it should be going or things aren't going smoothly, you know, a lot of um, married couples see their spouse as the enemy. And, um, you know, that couldn't be further from the truth. The enemy is the enemy. Um, mm-hmm. And that's something that I think that we all as as married couples, especially Christian married couples, need to focus on. And um, and uh, we need to understand that, you know, we put on the armor of God and, you know, and, and, and the enemy can't do anything about it. But it's interesting because I, I, I in fact, I'm doing a I'm doing a, a, a date night. Um, day after tomorrow and uh i was just i was sitting down putting my stuff together uh earlier in the week and you know i think about how if i was a military general i would never ever um send in troops into battle or war without having weapons or armor or uh or being prepared in general mm-hmm. yet we Yet every day that we're especially Christian married couples and all of us in general are we go into a war every every day and yeah. and then the enemy is trying to attack us every day um yet we every many of us Christians go into that war or battle without putting on the armor of God, so I'm reminded of Ephesians chapter six, mm-hmm. you know, like the apostle Paul said, um you know, put on the armor of God, you know, yeah. but you know we w- wake up 
every morning and a lot of us, um, me, me included, um, go into that war without that, that armor. And if we go into a war without the armor of God, I mean, what do we think, what do we expect is going to happen? Exactly. And uh, you've touched on it um, that, that and, uh, you know, uh, the, the Barbalo says, uh, of course, that you're a Christian comedian speaker. Um, so let's get into faith. Um, let, let's talk about your faith journey. Were you raised in a Christian home? How did you find your own relationship with the Lord? Yeah, I was I was born. Uh, well, I was born. I was born, Dave. Yes. Um, but no, I, I was raised in a Baptist church in South Dakota. And interestingly enough, um, uh, my wife grew up in the same church. We've known each other actually, you know, pretty much our whole lives. And, um, you know, I was, uh, I, I was taught the word and, you know, I knew Jesus loved me and I considered my Christian from a very early age. Um, and so, but I, I will say, then I went away to college and, um, uh, I, I played baseball in college and baseball, um, you know, took precedent over anything and having fun, uh, mm-hmm. as well. And so I, I was, I was pretty far from God. I, I mean, I didn't live the lifestyle as a Christian, uh, a Christian lifestyle at all. And then, and then, um, uh, after, after college, I actually, uh, not too long after I graduated college, um, I moved out to LA. Um, and you know, we lost our, I remember one of the reasons, probably the primary reason that I moved to LA was, um, that my family, my mom's side of the family, actually my dad's side of the family at that time were there too. And we lost my, um, my grandfather. And, uh, you know, I, we grew up in South Dakota and all, all of our family lived in, in Los Angeles. So I didn't grow up with cousins or, grandma and grandpa, we went out to visit like once a year, but, mm-hmm. um, so I wanted to spend more time with them. I wanted to get to know them, you know? And, um, so I moved out there and my sister was out there at the time. Um, and I actually uh, slept on her couch for the first, uh, few months. And then, and that's where I got into comedy. Um, and you know, <laughs> you know, I was the cliche, uh, I, I kind of stumbled into comedy kind of on accident. Um, I always loved comedy, but actually doing it, I stumbled upon it. Um, uh, one of my sister's friends was actually a producer in a in for a comedy show in Santa Monica, and I got to know him. He put me up, and um, he said, "Put together a tight five minutes." Well, I didn't know what that meant, right? You know, so but but you know, it's it it was it was it was fun. It was scary, um, and then I uh, you know I it, the ball just rolled, and it was it was you know I ended up become a professional comedian. Well, in the midst of that, I mean, I was, again, far from God. I was, I was, you know, you, you say the Hollywood lifestyle, you know, whatever you hear about Hollywood is true. And I, I was right in the middle of that, you know, just, uh, you know, it was, so it was, uh, I was very far from God, um, you know, and, uh, but again, I, you know, I, I considered myself a Christian. I, I love God. Uh, I just thought I could, do whatever I wanted and do things on my own. And, um, and then, you know, I basically, I think it was, a, it was a God thing when he just took me out of comedy because professionally I was doing really well. I even started, you know, I had no aspirations of becoming a, an actor, but somehow I, I got an, I, I got an acting agent. I was going on auditions. I, I didn't know what I was doing, but professionally, you know, things were going really well, but you know, I mean, it was, 
you know, I always, I always say to people like in interviews and, and situations like this is that, you know, I made a living at, at making people laugh, but I don't remember smiling very much myself, mm. you know? And um, so I believe that, you know, God took me out of the situation and then I reconnected with uh, my now wife, Holly. Um, and we, and then we got married and then we, we actually, after we got married, we got pregnant right away. I love that when husbands say we got pregnant, right? You know, that's so <laughs> stupid. And we didn't get pregnant. She got pregnant. Mm. And, um, <laughs> but there, I, there I go say it. But so we, we decided, you know, we, we're not going to raise a kid in LA. I mean, yeah. we, that, that was just a decision we made. And so we moved back to South Dakota where we're both from. And, you know, that's where my college education was and as, as well as hers. And so we went back into the education and, you know, realistically, as I, both of us started off as teachers, uh, she was a special education teacher. I was a PE teacher. Um, we both got, um, went and got our master's degrees in uh, educational administration. And when we both became principals and, um, you know, quite frankly, we, we just got so sucked into our work. Um, and, you know, you know how, you know, marriages suffer when you do that. And yeah. once again, the enemy gets in there and he, he tries to pry, pry apart marriages. And, and realistically, um, you know, we, we found a good church, church home. We loved it, um, rededicated our, our lives to Christ. But I mean, I mean, you know how, how it is, you know, we're sinners and, yeah. um, I, I still, there was a, there's a lot of room, uh, for me to grow as a Christian and for us to grow as a Christian couple. And, um, you know, then I, during that time, I, I, I started, but God was still working in me and he, mm -hmm. I could feel him tugging at me saying, Hey, you need to go back into comedy. And which was like the farthest thing from my mind at the time, because, you know, I, 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 I worked so hard to get to be, become a principal. I was married. I had two kids. We had a house. Um, you know, I'm, I'm there. Right. Yeah. And last thing I want to do is go, you know, put myself through that. And, you know, that, you know, being, being a comic's not the easiest life, you know? Right. Um, but, uh, so, but I did, I started, I started writing again. And then, so I ended up, you know, going, doing some churches, doing some other events. And then, um, and then it got to a point where, uh, you, you know, I, I, I felt that I needed to make a move. And and plus, uh, I, I had a friend that wanted we were going to go into business together, and so we 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 actually made a move when we moved to Minneapolis. Um, got out of education, moved to Minneapolis, and when I got out here, um, my comedy was picking up. And to be frank, I didn't even have time to. I didn't want to commit to going into business with my with my buddy, mm -hmm. and um, you know, so I had that conversation with him and. And which he was very cool with, you know, he's one of my best friends. And um, so I went into comedy full time. Things were picking up and, um, you know, some good things were happening. And then uh, about a year and a half, well, yeah, about a year later, uh, COVID hit. So mm. it was interesting. But like I said, I have nothing to complain about. I mean, it's it's been good. I've had some great opportunities. Um, you know, we're we're uh, we're booking some stuff, you know, for the summer and um my my falls getting pretty pretty well booked up so you know god yeah. is good amen was there ever uh like a point where like there's a major struggle with faith or was that mm. uh 
where you kind of just steady and, and always had that anchor to keep you down or keep you in place? There was a time just a few years ago when, uh, like I said, um, when my wife and I were in, uh, we were both principals and we weren't, we, we didn't even see each other a whole lot. And mm. you know, there was some, there was some marital stress and, and we went through some marital, marital stuff. And um, I, you know, I, I had the, I had the mentality work family and otherwise that I'm, I'm doing, I'm, I'm in charge. I'm doing this. I'm taking over. I'm, I'm you know, and I, it was a situation where, again, I, I'm a, I'm, I was a Christian, but I wasn't living that lifestyle. I was, I yeah. wasn't submitting to the Lord. I was, you know, I, I was trying to control everything, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I think for a couple, couple of years, you know, I, I, I was, I was very angry. Uh, I, and I was, I was far from the Lord and yeah, it, it was a little bit of, it was a struggle. Yeah. Was there uh, any pivotal moment that uh, got you back to kind of turn back to the Lord or, or was it just like, you just woke up and like, you know, I need to get back. Was there like a trigger event that uh, brought you back? Uh, well, I think I, I, I would say that when I, you know, like I said, I, we had a great church home. Um, mm -hmm. back when we were in Rapid City, you know, our pat we loved our pastor. We had, you know, small groups. We had some great, I, I had great friends. Uh, we had great friends at our church and, and we loved it. In fact, that was one of the biggest things that we, we were going to miss was our church. Um, when we got plugged in out here in, uh, the Twin Cities area, uh, we got plugged in, it was called Grace Church in Eden Prairie. And, um, we absolutely loved it. And I was reluctant to get into any men's groups or small groups. Um, my wife pushed me to do it. Um, and the, I, I, I would say that getting together in that community and the community that I got plugged in with really helped me change my way of thinking. Mm. I think that I, the Lord put it on my heart to, to pursue him more. Okay, um, good. You know, I, you know, I, I remember growing up, I was never taught, you know, I had my Bible. I, I never read my Bible when I was mm -hmm. younger. I, I, I never did. You know, I had a Bible and it's, it, it was just, uh, collecting dust on my, on my nightstand. Um, you know, but I, I really, uh, learned how to read the Bible and the importance of memorizing scripture and hiding the word in your heart. Yeah. Um, by the small community that I got plugged into. And, um, you know, just by chance, you know, I, t t I was in this men's group last, um, last year. And then I, I signed up for another one to where we uh, studied Ephesians this year, Ephesians and Colossians. And, you know, I haven't really studied the prison epistles, but it was, there, it was amazing. And I actually got in this, you know, Grace Church is a huge church; it's big. But j it just so happened that I got plugged in with the same guys <laughs> this next nice. time, this next time, and and there was a reason for it. And um, you know, we become really close. In fact, I'm missing it tonight to to spend time with you, Dave. And I've been oh. getting some texts. Uh, you know, they're they're kind of giving me a hard time, but. <laughs> I, I'm sorry about that. Uh, no, it's give, all good. Give, give the guys my uh, my apologies and uh, appreciation for uh, sharing you because uh, I I love your comedy. I love your passion, and yeah, you know, I love the fact that um, 
you don't hide that you have faith that you're a follower of Christ. There are a lot of uh, comedians who are Christian that don't put that on the marquee because they're afraid that that limits them. Mm-hmm. Um, where you, I, I think it's it's pretty easy to find that you know Kyle believes in the Lord and he's not afraid to to let people know. Well, I appreciate that, but I will I will say that I, I've struggled with that for a while because I haven't always been like that. In fact. Um, you know, I, I, I caught myself, I've caught myself, um, times usually just within the last few years where, you know, it's like, even in the email, it's like, should I mention that I'm a Christian comedian or just a clean comedian? You no, know? mm-hmm. um, you, you know, and I've struggled with that, but I, I, I'm, you know, I, I have come to, uh, realization and an acceptance that, you know, I think this is what I'm called to do, you know, and you and I were talking about, um, about this earlier about how, you know, you know, I, I used to do a lot of clubs a lot and I don't, mm-hmm. ha, you know, I think, I think it's, um, I, I think club, club comedians are, um, nothing. I, I, I'm a fan of a lot of them. Um, you know, but a, a lot of times it's, you can feel out of place, you know, when, when there's a Christian, com, Christian comedian, uh, being in a club, but, um, and that's why I, uh, I appreciate, it. I know you, you know, the guys down at Gutty's in mm-hmm. Indianapolis or Greenwood, Indiana, um, and which is one of the only clean comedy clubs that I know of. Yeah. And I mean, they might have other clubs might have clean nights or, or things like that, but Gutty's is in, and they brought me in, um, uh, what was it? I don't know, a couple of years ago. And I just, the vibe was so awesome. And um, I love those guys and what they're, what they're doing and their vision. And, um, you know, that's what, that's why I appreciate them so much. And, uh, but yeah, so that's, that's, you know, it's just a situation where, you know, I, you know, you need to be true to who you are. And some, you know, some of us, it takes a little bit longer to figure out who that is, you know? Right. And that's one of the things um, we're slightly different in that I, uh, my focus has always been improv comedy. And, you know, we've had discussions as a team before of, are we a Christian improv group or are we a a clean improv group made of Christians? And for me, I've always struggled with the idea of why hide it? You know, there's no door that God can't open anyway. And if Mm -hmm. people are going to reject us because we're Christian, then God's just not opening that door for us. But uh, so it is, you know, something that you have to talk to God about Is, is this how you want me to brand myself? How do you want me to go out and tell people? But for me, I've always been in favor of like, this is who we are. So you can trust that we've got a strong filter, especially with improv, because it's, it's a lot harder to filter if you're not naturally clean or naturally thinking about who you're representing. Um, Cause I know that there, there's some Christians that do secular improv and it's, and I'm sure, you know, some uh, Christian, Christians who do comedy and they cross those lines because they think that they can kind of segregate the stage from their faith. And uh, that I I would never want to do, even if we don't mark ourselves as Christian. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And, and one of the things that I've struggled with that is the fact that, um, you know, it's like in, in, in our personal life, you know, it's like, well, I don't know if I can live up to that. I don't know if I can live up to the, um, to the label of being a Christian comedian because we're all sinners. 
I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, you know, what if I, I don't, I don't know if I'm, I'm worthy of, of, of saying that I'm a Christian comedian, you know, but that's so, you know, that's another thing that I've come to realize in the last few years is that, you know, um, I think that's a Baptist in me, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you know, just, just accepting the fact that, you know, we're not perfect, you know, and it's okay not to be okay. You know, yeah. and so, so I think I've, I've, I'm, that, that was a struggle. Try, you know, I, I don't know if I can, I can call myself a Christian comedian because I, because I'm a sinner. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, we're all sinners, and you know, we, we've got to be okay with being not okay. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, for those that might be interested in booking you, uh, I know you said that your fall is kind of booking up or is filling up. Uh, where, where's the best way? Is it through your website, or do you have an agent? What? How do people? Get Dave, I, I've got. First of all, I've got a lot of dates open. Don't listen. Yeah, I mean, let, let's be careful. I, I, I'm taking calls. I'm taking calls. So, <laughs> so I was no, trying to create the yeah. urgency. <laughs> yes. Um, well, uh, I my website is kyleyamatacomedy.com. Um, so certainly go go there. Um, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not the best uh, social media guy, but uh, you know I've, I've, I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Kyle Yamada Comedy. Um, so yeah, if you go to my uh, if you go to my uh, website kyleyamatacomedy.com, um, there's there's um, inquiry uh, information that, that you can plug in, and yeah, I'd like to I'd like to partner with uh, with you to make make some shows happen. So. So check it out, KyleYamadaComedy.com. Uh, it's there on the screen for those watching the video, whether you're watching live on social media or you're watching the replay on uh, the Creative Motion Network on Roku. Uh, be sure to check out KyleYamadaComedy.com. Uh, so, Kyle, it's now time for uh, the first of our two final segments. Uh, this is uh, the interrogation, seven random questions that wouldn't have otherwise fit in the conversation. Uh, so uh, let's get it started. All right, so question number one is, uh, what is your go-to comfort food? Oh, that's a good one. Um, uh, steak. Nice. I mean, a lot, but I, I'm, going, I'm going with steak. Yeah, no, nothing wrong with steak. Uh, I mean, God talks about it all the time in the Old Testament. There's a pleasing aroma. It's a pleasing <laughs> aroma. That's right. That's right. God loved a good barbecue. You get a little dry rub with the spices, a little bit of olive oil, and he went to town. Easy, man. I haven't eaten yet. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. All right. Did you also know, by the way, did you also know that I was a vegetarian for eight months? You were. I I did. I tried to become a vegetarian for eight months. It didn't take. It didn't take. It was awful. It was was terrible. And, you know, my my wife actually made a, a vegan meatloaf. Oh, no. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, that's like that's like saying my cousin is an anorexic sumo wrestler. You know, right? Those <laughs> those those two words don't belong together. Meatloaf, uh, vegan meatloaf. Right. It was terrible. So, and if the vegan vegetarian lifestyle is so awesome, why do they have to make it taste like meat? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. There's a right up here in uh, downtown Minneapolis. They have a they have a vegan butcher. I don't, I don't understand that. You can get anything it, that's vegan, uh, ribs, steak, uh, roasts. Um, it's, it, it's ridiculous. Oh. I, don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. 
I don't either. Uh, you can see from my image, I, I'm not vegan at all. Um, I like I like the red meat. <laughs> we it. did a, we did a Daniel fast to start the new year, and I love God's sense of humor that a fast goes so slow. Yes, that's right. <laughs> All right, let's go to question number two. Okay. Uh, where was your worst bombing experience? Oh, that one's easy. Um, uh, I so when I was I was a feature on the road uh, when I started back in, in LA, and I I got a road agent, and and he sent me to um, actually it, it was Moorhead, uh, Minnesota, which is not not far from here, but it's right on the border of North Dakota and Minnesota, and it was a Monday night. Mm. Um and Monday night football, it was in a sports bar where there where uh oh, no. where the Vikings and the, the Green Bay Packers were playing in a sports oh. bar in Minnesota, in the middle of nowhere. And um I had I literally had two people in the audience. It was a it was a married couple. And uh you know, <laughs> it was it was interesting. It was like uh, you know, I I've if I did a show at my dinner table, I'd have more audience, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it was, it was very interesting. Plus there's a lot of people from the bar yelling at me to shut up because they're trying to watch the game. Right. Right. So that was, that, that's, that's easy. <laughs> All right. So uh, question number three, with whom from scripture do you most identify? Oh, that's a great question. That's a great question. Um, who? There's so there's so many good ones. Um, oh. In fact, uh, I hear your cat in the background. That's kind of what <laughs> that's kind of what my audience in in Moorhead sounded like. <laughs> yeah, I tried to throw a, a pillow at her to be discreet, but it didn't work. <laughs> I saw the rotator cuff going like this off screen. Um, okay, who do I who do I um, identify with? In scripture, oh goodness! I mean, um, that's a great question. Probably, um, I want to say Adam. I mean, I'm just going to go with an easy one. I'm going to say Adam because, uh, you know, he's probably clueless. I mean, he's looking around and you know, what? What am I doing here? Mm. You know, so I don't know. I, I don't know. That's a very tough question. Do you blame your wife for your sins? Is that a question? Oh, it was just a follow up because you said you identify with Adam. I was like, well, do you blame your wife for your own mistakes? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have before. Yes, I have. I think we all do. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, That's what marriage is all about, right? <laughs> <laughs> then you learn how to repent. Otherwise, you sleep on the sofa. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> That's right. All right, uh, number four. Have you ever had a fanboy experience working on a show? A fanboy experience. So, like, like a comedian that you've looked up to, you work on the show, and you're like, oh, "Hi." Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, um, my f- first one, first time I ever had that was uh, I went on stage. It was at the comedy store, and I, w- I went on um, on Sunset Boulevard, and I went on stage right before Damon Wayne. Wow. And um, it was it's it so interesting and it, it dawned on me after that because i i think i did like five or seven minutes it was a showcase set and i did like five or seven minutes and um 
I worked so hard for that five or seven minutes. You get, you, you know, you get a spot at the comedy store in, in Hollywood and, you know, I, I, I worked so hard on that five minutes and it was okay. Mm-hmm. And then Damon, Damon gets on stage right after me and he did like an hour and 20 minutes. I don't even think he said a joke and everybody just was erupting the entire time. And that's when it dawned on me. It's like, that's it. You just have to be famous and it doesn't matter what you say. You're going to be funny. <laughs> so I'll never, I'll, I'll never forget that. Yeah. Um, I've, uh, I was going to say uh, Polly Shore, but that wasn't really a fan moment. <laughs> that was. Yeah. Just cause his, his mom owned the club. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right, next question is going to be, uh, what's one thing you'd love to do over? Uh, life? No. <laughs> I, one thing that I would love to do over, I would love to um, play, uh, you know, like I mentioned to you, I, I grew up playing baseball and I went to college and I played baseball in college. Um, I, I I wouldn't mind doing that over um, because I don't, I don't, I didn't work as hard as I, as I know I can. And I'd, I'd like to see what would happen if I, you know, just like a lot of us, you know, if I knew what I knew back then and I'd apply it and, and, and worked harder, I think it, I think I'd like to do that. All right. I guess that applies to every area of my life, to be honest. With you. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. What's one memory that makes you glad you're no longer a principal? Crazy parents parents that's easy that's yeah, easy man. you know and I, and we say that we joke about that as principals we joke about crazy parents but you know uh for every crazy parent there's um you know there's a hundred awesome ones you know and it's you know it's so easy to uh to focus on you know in an er- any area of life uh it's easy to focus on the negative or what's a what's a pain in your neck but um you know i think that's one that's one um thing that i've learned last few years or really embraced the last few years is that, you know, we need to uh, look at uh, what God's given us, you know, what mm-hmm. he's blessed us with, you know, and I go back and I say, you know, I, I, I spent a lot of negative energy on, um, on unreasonable people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and I, that's, and this kind of ties into question number five, where I would go back and I would focus more on the positive and what I've been blessed with. Nice. All right, final question of the interrogation. Uh, book your fantasy show. Who would you want to perform with and where? Oh, my goodness. Wow. That is a great one. Um, I don't know. Where, first of all, uh, where it would be, I think I would, uh, you know, I, I, I think I would like to do the show in my hometown in we got a brand new civic center. I just saw it. It's not even finished yet back in rapid city, um, in their brand new civic center, um, arena. I think that would be sweet. And, um, I would like to do it with, I'm going to, I'm going to give you two people. Um, I want to do a show with Tim Hawkins and Michael jr. Wow. That would be a dynamite set. (laughs) That would be awesome. (laughs) Uh, so would you book yourself as a headliner or would you, Give it to the, those guys. Now, this is a fantasy show day. Yeah. So, me, I'm the headliner, of course. Of course. <laughs> so, you know, you, you, got, you got to admit, Tim Hawkins is the smartest comic on earth. You, you understand that because, mm-hmm. I mean, he, 
he's he's the only one that came out and said he was taking 2020 off. Yes. <laughs> he's the only one that knew he he was yeah. <laughs> when we all pretty much did. So yeah, uh, there there are a lot of his friends that have been like Tim. You know, where was the heads up? You could have told us. Genius. Yeah, genius. Um, and uh, he was actually on Bob Smiley's pod, podcast uh, back oh, at the end yeah. of the year, and he talked about the reasoning behind the 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 timing. But uh, he was he was just very blessed that he planned for it and uh, handled those things. Uh, so anybody that that's watching, check out uh, Hook Line and Smiley from uh, November. And uh, you'll see uh, uh, and hear Tim Hawkins tell uh, his his story about why 2020 was his year off. Uh, Bob, by the, by the way, by Bob Smiley, I, I, w- I would love to work with him too. He's genius. Um, he's just so so brilliant in his writing and so quick. And um, I, I I look up to him a lot too. Bob's, but he's 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 great. Yeah, I, I love Bob because he's self deprecating without being like pitiful. Absolutely. And I love that. And that's a lot of, a lot of my stuff is I try to be, you know, self-deprecating it to be my own humbling mechanism. But uh, mm-hmm. I love Bob. I love Tim and Michael Jr. In fact, Michael Jr. is one of my inspirations because he gave up an interview where he said, laughter is a tangible evidence of hope. And that's an inspiration for all the comedy that we do with well-versed. And I just, I love that quote. Yeah, and, I mean, there's so you know, I, and I got to give a plug to the to the CCA, the Christian Comedy Association, is where I, I mean, I've uh, I got a chance to be in seminars and meet uh, some of those guys, and you know, I mean, I, you know, Jason Earls, uh, uh, Rick Roberts, um, I mean, I, I can't, I can't, I can't name all the all the guys that that have uh, guys and gals who have been a big influence on. Me being a Christian comedian and um, yeah, all those guys. I mean, uh, check it out, CCA. Yeah. Check them out. Absolutely. The uh, final question of the night is this: uh, for anyone that's looking to step up and use their gifts for God's glory, mm-hmm. whether it's in comedy or in general, uh, whichever way you want to take it, what is your wise counsel? Well, I don't know if you're asking the right person for wise counsel, but you know what I would say to that question is that. Um, we kind of talked about it earlier where um, I, I think we need to, we need to uh, submit to God and, um, and, and follow him. And we need to actually listen to him. Um, you know, for so many years of my life, I've, I've again, I, I thought, you know, I was the captain of the ship and, you know, and I'm doing things my way. And um, I, you know, it's, it's funny how, you know, how many times you can fall down and, and then, uh, and then realize don't, don't realize, uh, you know, that the answer is, is follow Jesus, you know, and it's been there right in front of, front of me all my life. And, um, but for whatever reason, I, I think, uh, you know, I think I know better than, uh, the one who created the universe. So for, for whatever reason, so, um, you know, it's, we're, we're some stubborn people and I, I know I, I certainly am. And, uh, you know, just, just, just look to the Lord to, to, to lead and, um, you know, like you said, he he can open many doors, and and he will if you let him. Um, but but that's my that's just you know stay in prayer, read the word, um, make your relationship with with Jesus priority. You know, and and don't put that on the back burner because just you know 
he will always be here for us. But, um, you know, if we really believe that we, we need to pursue him and we need to pursue a, a relationship with him first and foremost, which, um, you know, I, I need, I just need to remind myself on a daily basis to do that. And, you know, we all fall short, but, um, but, you know, we need to, uh, lean on him. Amen. Good word. Well, Kyle Yamada, uh, find him at KyleYamadaComedy.com. Uh, there are still a few scant dates available for this fall, so hurry and get those booked. Uh, connect with him at KyleYamadaComedy.com. Uh, Kyle, it's been a pleasure. It's been a blast having you on, and uh, I wish you and your family many blessings and many uh, more full calendar dates uh, in 2021 and beyond. Well, thank you so much, Dave. I appreciate you having me, and um, I appreciate what you do, and, and keep up the good work. Appreciate thank you. you much. Thank you. And thank you, everybody, for uh, tuning in. And hope you have a, a blessed rest of your day. Mm-hmm.